nothing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on everything. Dr. Mike BWB, big whiny baby. So <laughs> <laughs> I just got to say, what does that stand for? Big whiny baby. So we are back. We are back to discuss playlist exchanges this time where Mike and I have been putting together a collection of six songs. Sometimes there's a theme, sometimes there's a common artist, different things are going on. And we share with each other and, and kind of try and introduce folks to some stuff they may be a little familiar with or a lot familiar with, but hopefully it's it's some new material. And so I chose for this after Mike was kind enough to treat me to a country playlist on a recent effort. I said, I'll give him kind of a moderate dose of 50s, 60s, doo-woppy kind of stuff for the most part and other things done by John Entwistle of The Who. John Entwistle had... A pretty active solo career going on while The Who was together. He was releasing albums about once a year for three or four years. Then there were the gaps started to get larger between them. And so I didn't, I included a cross section from, and, and it goes basically in, in sequential order from the, the various solo albums. I didn't pick anything off of The Rock, which was his last uh, solo album. I, I stopped with Too Late the Hero, but. Uh, I think it's still. I think it was a it was a fun list to put together, and I'm going to be quite intrigued with Mike's reaction to it. So overall, Mike, were you familiar with this stuff? Was this all new? Top line reaction before we get into it. No, this was all new to me going into it. So I was definitely interested, especially because I know that you know he didn't really contribute anything to the Who. It's essentially a Pete Townsend solo effort that he allowed other people to partake in. So I was curious to see what he could bring to the table. Yeah. How much work Pete had to do to carry John on his back <laughs> all those years. <laughs> so, All right. Well, we will get right into it. Uh, and the, the first song is the first song off his first solo album, Smash Your Head Against the Wall, My Size. And this one is a much more, it, this sounds like a John Entwistle song that could show up on a Who album. Driving, obviously, all the stuff's going to have some very nice bass on it, as it does. It's John Entwistle bass, and it's amazing. But I thought it it rang true to being kind of very Who-like in its nature, and a great way to start his first solo album, and I thought a really good way to start this first playlist. So this was interesting for me. Um, I don't know why this happened this way, but normally when you send me a playlist, I listen to it in the order that you sent it. I didn't do that this time, and I think it was just by virtue of uh, putting in my headphones to go for a walk. I think I accidentally hit the last song on the playlist first, so I ended up listening to them somewhat out of order, because after that, I think it played the one previous to the last, then I realized what I had kind of done there. Had I listened to it in order, I think this would have been more what I was expecting right off of the bat than what I necessarily got first. Because like you said, this is more who leaning in its overall sound than what I got later. I did enjoy it though. Yeah, because so you would have you would have listened to Talk Dirty as as the first one then. So yeah, that would have been that have been a different experience because <laughs> that's you know much later in John's uh, development. So all right, the next two songs come off uh, his second solo album, Whistle Rhymes, and it's really cool. The cover for Whistle Rhymes, and I think I'll include a 
an image of it in the blog post. It's one of my favorite covers ever. And I, I actually probably should be up on the wall now that I think about it more and more because it's an illustration kind of done like the little golden book illustration kind of things. It is basically all these little woodland animals reenacting different songs that are on there. So basically any song on Whistle Rhymes is reflected one way or another in the artwork on the cover, including this song, which is I Was Just Being Friendly, which is a song about, it's really more of a plea. <laughs> he has, he has just asked a, a young lady how much he'd have to pay and she's called the police on him. And so it's him kind of trying to talk her out of that. And on the cover, you get the little policeman and what I'm assuming is the, the young lady who looks very prim and proper <laughs> walking down the, uh, kind of walking down the pathway. But this one kind of paints a, you know, you really get this song from the point of view of the narrator and, you know, I, I just love the lyric. How was I to know you weren't that kind of girl? It's kind of hard to tell nowadays anyway. So he's just kind of rolling excuses out as he goes. It is not a driving rock song. It is it's kind of, it's much more of a construct to carry the story forward. Uh, it's got kind of a neat vibe to it, but but not certainly not heavy-duty rock and roll. So this isn't the first time, and it won't even be the last time on this particular playlist, but not the first time that Kelly's given me something that in today's day and age could be seen as somewhat problematic. <laughs> yeah, there's more coming up. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, I mean, this in a way is to be expected from, from a Kelly recommendation that we're going to have to touch on something that, that doesn't necessarily align with today's values. It does make me wonder what kind of person Kelly was maybe prior to starting this podcast and being exposed to the clean, healthy, straight-laced lifestyle that I bring to the table here. So I, I shudder to think. Yeah. <laughs> I, so uh, go back. Look look closely at the album, and you'll you'll will notice that the writing credits are not John Entwistle and Kelly Tool. <laughs> you know, just so you know, this is well. Of course not. It was secretly Pete Townsend. We know that. Yeah, he <laughs> yes, he did all this stuff. Um, I really enjoyed the song. Now, I, I like story songs. I, I think that it's it's sort of a lost art in a way. As I as and the, this isn't intended to to knock anybody or anything like that. But I think that as we moved away from. Uh, maybe not moved away from as the division between popular music and more technical music kind of grows wider. I, I think that these types of songs are, are a little bit lost today compared to what they were. I enjoyed the song though. Again, somewhat problematic, but that's what Kelly brings to the table when he does these things. Gash wagon. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I sing this next song in my head a lot. Also off of whistle rhymes also featured on the cover called I feel better. And it starts off, when I'm feeling blue, I stick a pin in a picture of you beside my bed, and I feel better. And so while I don't have a picture of Mike by my bed, (laughs) I'd like to clarify that. Sticking pins in pictures of Mike, you know, does make me feel better. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but uh, this one, again, a narrator-focused song, also not a driving rock, another story song, and it just describes the various ways that he is processing a breakup and sung in a kind of very lovely voice, <laughs> and uh, there's no axe murders being suggested in this song, but there's, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a few lines that are a little on the dicey side on it, but mostly it's him sticking a pin in a picture of her because he feels better. How much problem did I cause you with this song, Mike? <laughs> well, again, Kelly, <laughs> I'm just glad that I'm in your life now to, yeah. to lead you back on the path of righteousness. That's, that's one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> What's interesting, and I guess now is as good a time as any to kind of 
to kind of touch on this. Going into it, I was kind of curious what this was going to sound like. I think sometimes, especially when you have a member of a prominent band, their solo records can there's a lot of different things that can happen. I think sometimes when you listen to solo records, they don't stray far enough from the core sound. This is not a a negative thing, but like a good example to me would be like when Rob Zombie started going solo. And again, I'm not trying to knock Rob Zombie, but his band that he was from, White Zombie, their sound had changed quite a bit over the years from their early releases to their final releases. His first solo outings, though, just sound like a sequel or a continuation to the later white zombie material. I don't mean that as an insult to him, but it just doesn't stray far and that's fine. So in a way there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe this is going to be very similar to the who. And then when I started thinking, well, he's a bass player, I've heard some bass player solo records that have gone in weird directions. Either they're, they're very instrumental focused or move in a direction that is intended to kind of show off other things they can do in an odd way. And I I guess this goes for like bass players and drummers and things like that. Tommy Lee from Motley Crue kind of pops to mind. Uh, His first non-Motley Crue album was a rap-leaning album (laughs) and didn't have much live drums on it. So I I was kind of curious going into this, is it going to sound like The Who or is this going to sound like something completely different? And while I I do think it sounds different, other than the first song, which is the most Who-leaning, I do think it sounds different. I like it, though. It doesn't sound like it's different in the sense of a forced trying to move away from that, nor does it sound like he's over-embracing that. So I, I was really happy with this. And this would have been the point in the playlist, regardless of where I started, once we're a few songs in, where I was... I was happy with where these were landing. So I didn't pull anything off of the next two solo albums where Rigor Mortis sets in. He named his band or the entity that would, would back him up under different names. There was Ox uh, at one point in a time, which is his nickname in The Who. There was Rigor Mortis uh, as well. Rigor Mortis sets in was another solo album. I did not pick anything off of that. I took the next two off of Mad Dog, which was done uh, with the kind of the Ox under the Ox moniker. And was tough because I had to do a coin flip between Peg Leg Peggy and Roller Skate Kate <laughs> for inclusion in the playlist. I really didn't feel that I'd be given Mike enough diversity if I included both. And after listening to both of them, Roller Skate Kate's kind of your traditional 50s uh, individual dies in an accident and the 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 partner's sad, but it's uh, a roller skater. Funny song, it's good. And that's the big thing through all of these is that beyond really my size and maybe the last song talk dirty uh there's a intussel's known for a very dark sense of humor that that courses through all of these probably no larger than peg leg peggy <laughs> in terms of the the dark humor and he really goes all in for the joke uh and is which peg leg peggy who really knows how to hop and when she dances she sounds like a sewing machine which i think is hilarious <laughs> and uh, but then he, he needed to kind of keep a have uh, other characters through the rest of it. So you have a wide mouth Winnie who really knows how to kiss you. And then four eyed, I don't remember her name, but there's a four eyed girl <laughs> and she truly has four eyes. So uh, it got a little, little sketchier as we went through the song in terms of his main protagonist, but having a song where he talks about when she sounds like a sewing machine, I just loved <laughs> thought it was hilarious so so i'm sure this troubled you mike took you to a dark place but what did you think of peg leg peggy and these also get into well, much more 50s kind of doo kind of sounds these next two songs so obviously i'm a huge 1950s doo-wop kind of guy yeah of course uh, 
Yeah, I, I feel like that's clear. No, um, are you a Misfits guy at all? A little bit. So huge fan of the of the. I, I guess you would say they're they're punk leaning band, the Misfits. But at the core of their sound, they they started more punk oriented. As they went on, it's a little more hard rock and metal. But at the core of their sound, really, they have a very strong like 1950s rock and roll influence that cuts through a lot of their stuff. So so I do like that that sort of influence. I don't really delve too much into doo-wop and like early rock and roll on its own though but stuff that's influenced by it i do typically enjoy so i did enjoy that obviously the lyrics are somewhat problematic at times you know kelly would put something on here where we we could potentially say things that would offend people i would never do something like that just like epstein wouldn't kill himself (laughs) that's that's the kind of straight up guy you are mike really appreciate that Speaking of which, did you watch the Epstein Netflix documentary? I did. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not through it. I started it. Spoiler alert. They're all (laughs) dirtbags. They're incredible. It's a world of dirt bags. It's amazing how many. Oh gosh, it's it's horrific. Yeah, I feel I feel like it's not going to get better as it progresses. No, and here's where he went and uh, brought water to the tribes in Africa. <laughs> you know, that's not, there's not that scene. No. No. It, uh, I mean, it does, there is quasi, there's some closure for some of the people that were affected by his horrific behavior. But yeah, there's, so you're, how far are you into it? I'm done the first two episodes. Okay. How much has Dershowitz been in it? I can't remember. I'm going to say none or oh, not okay. much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you'll get a good dose of them in episode three, and I'll let you come to your own conclusions. <laughs> so. Okay, <laughs> I know this is a weird segue in the middle. Well, of this. not not entirely. <laughs> well, it does get the tangent tally up. Clearly, this is a good solid one tangent. <laughs> yeah, we're talking is about it? John Entwistle. <laughs> yeah, well, but it does you know well played because where did Epstein not kill himself in a cell? And we're going to now talk about <laughs> cell number seven. So it was like, like we planned it. So no tangents here, people. That's right. Uh, tangent and a half, half a tangent. We'll see. Cell number seven. Again, done in kind of a 50s, 60s kind of, or definitely a 50s kind of mojo to it. Based on a true story about the Who being detained in Montreal when they had a show in Boston because Keith Moon had totally trashed a hotel room. And he was being, they were, the whole band was being held. And so this is a recounting of that evening. And uh, so while the Who is mentioned a lot in this song, it's not a, it's, it's definitely kind of a 50s kind of sound to it. I really, this is my favorite song on the playlist. I just think it's cool. It, it captures, I think, pretty accurately what happens. He talks about all the different members of the band, including the fact that somehow he and Keith Moon ended up in the same cell. And shockingly, Keith Moon may not be the ideal cell, cellmate, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> but I think this is a, a rocking little number. It's really fun. It's a great story. It's really well executed i think it's the strongest song on this whole list i'm a big cell number seven fan this was probably my favorite as well again like you had already mentioned with the sort of 1950s elements in there which i do like so i was already kind of into this one it put me in mind uh, so this is gonna be a weird reference did you ever hear the band neurotic outsiders no so steve jones from the sex pistols started a band at one point i want to say 
early to mid 90s called Neurotic Outsiders. They didn't last particularly long. And there's only one real proper album from them. I believe they played live under a few different names. They eventually released one album and they did briefly reunite at some point in the 2000s for like one or two shows, but there's never been a second album. But it was Steve J- led by Steve Jones and then he had members of Guns N' Roses and Duran Duran backing him up. You know who he didn't have? Hanson. <laughs> There's a reason for that. It's true. They were not involved in that project in any way. More than just the fact that they were 11 or something. When but it, it's a really good album. But this put me in mind of it. And at some point, that's probably going to be a prisoner exchange. But it, this put me in mind of it a little bit because there is a him telling it. There's a story song of him talking about him and the Sex Pistols and sort of what it was like with them back when they were a going concern. So th- this kind of put me in that that same fr- mind frame of, you know, a member of the band on their solo or side project kind of telling a story about the band that they're known from. Steve Jones also did a song with Tony O'K. And I'm going to have to go back and try and find which one it was because it's always one of the anytime there's a Tony O'K. So this will officially count as a tangent too. Uh, <laughs> anytime there's a, uh, Tony O'K kind of bio out there, they kind of always want to work in earlier. He's one of the few people who have worked with both Burke Packerack and Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols, which I think is uh, a pretty good range to say the least. It is. <laughs> But Tony O'Kay, Burke Bacharach, Hanson, Steve Jones, none of them were on Zell number seven, but it's still a great song. <laughs> and then we wrap it up. So go ahead. I was gonna say, are you a Burke Bacharach guy? My Burke Bacharach guy? I am not. Even his work with Tony O'Kay, while mildly redeemed, uh, I'm not a big fan of. That's fair. So smash your head against the wall, whistle rhymes, rigor mortis sets in, mad dog, they all kind of dropped about a year apart. They were all fairly close. And then there became a very long gap, at least 10 years, I believe, uh, before John did another solo album. And that was Too Late the Hero, which is mostly John Entwistle. Joe Walsh uh, does the guitar on it. And I wish I could remember the drummer now, but uh, it, was, it was mostly the three of them handling all the instrumentation. It's a pretty good album. It might be a prisoner exchange down the road. There is kind of a true blue tongue-in-cheek He's a bass player, so you want to have kind of a disco song. So there's kind of a more true blue disco song on the album. That This is not it. This is uh, clearly, as you listen to Talk Dirty, you can tell that this was probably written by a bass player because the, the bass is really the lead instrument on this. It's a really quick-moving, rocking song. A lot of wordplay, uh, White House, Outhouse kind of combinations of things. It's a really witty set of lyrics. In fact, it was such a, what I thought, witty set of lyrics that the link that's included in the playlist you'll find on YouTube is actually the lyric video. So you can follow along because it kind of comes at you fast. Some very clever wordplay, some serious bass stuff going on, and to me, a pretty fun way to end this playlist. So really enjoyed it musically right off the bat. Lots of great wordplay, as Kelly mentioned. Some some potentially problematic things rear in their head again, as you know, Kelly is one to do with his recommendations. They do always sort of uh, skirt the line there of decency. But that's just what Kelly brings to the table. I'm here to be the straight man and to kind of reel us back in. Musically, though, great song. I really enjoyed it. It's definitely fun. I'm glad the lyric video was included because I do think it adds something to it when you can really sit there and pick them apart. 
how can you view a line as girls in naked poses Moses as a problematic line? That's magic. See, I didn't say that. Kelly said that. <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> He's providing a juxtaposition between different things. It's art. See, I didn't say that. Yeah, just like so, Epstein didn't kill himself. That's right. <laughs> So I think we better wrap this up so Mike can get to his next book burning so that he can <laughs> crush free artistic thought. Overall, it sounds like you, uh, you enjoyed uh, spin through some of Mr. Entwistle's solo work then. I did. Totally unfamiliar with this and didn't know what to expect going into it. Like I said, solo projects sometimes can lean too heavily on the core band sound or maybe go too far off. And whether in an attempt to be experimental or just an attempt to distance themselves from the sound, maybe tread so far that it's not good anymore. I feel like this found that great middle ground that a solo record should have. Very cool. Well, we will be back with more Prisoner Exchanges. Maybe a review of a Netflix series on Epstein. Who knows? But we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, we should. I feel like that that is one we might want to cover. What could what could go wrong there? Yeah, that I think it's important to watch to kind of just to understand how the rich and connected can sometimes do some pretty amazing things, and and some people don't get justice, and that's pretty depressing to kind of see because that's another so Dershowitz in my opinion Dershowitz does not come out of this looking good at all uh, the only person outside of Epstein that comes out definitely looking works is Alex Acosta the the guy that cut him the deal down in Florida wow not a pretty picture <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination so yeah we might have to talk about that one a little bit further although we jammed some of it into a giant entwistle playlist <laughs> so <laughs> there you go as to be expected yeah, as one does <laughs> just I won't edit it out we'll leave it in there <laughs> Uh, maybe it's a, it's a sneak peek of some future conversations. Great. Well, I think both Mike and I were remiss to say we would sure appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the Bog Panda YouTube channel or uh, to nurture and support on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. We really appreciate everybody joining us and thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Stop the broadcast.